Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. His promises are yes. His promises are always the divine yes, to which we utter what? Amen. Amen. And what does amen mean? It means to say back, to agree with. I'm going to confess it is true. So when the living word, who is Jesus, gives me a promise, I have a responsibility to agree with his promise. Now, I told you last week that Sunday week, Rick preached a message that was so powerful for me. And the message was called, The Power of Now. And the Lord had already been giving me so many now promises. And so I told you that I started texting him just frantically as if he didn't know because he's a real scholar in the word. And I'm texting him frantically and I'm, look at this now and look at this now and look at this now and this one is now. And I'm just absolutely going berserk with the nows. Because you see, as long as you and I have a someday mentality, well, I guess I'll find my significant other someday. Well, I guess my body will be healed someday. Well, I guess someday I will have the finances to be able to sow into the kingdom of God someday. So everything is someday. I guess my child. Do you know in the last 24 hours, I have talked to at least three, at least, this is just in the last 24 hours, frantic mothers, and I, I mean frantic, who are desperate for the deliverance of their children. Desperate, I mean desperate mothers. And again today. Someday. God's answer is now. And until we develop a now mentality, we're just going to keep living in the future. But the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things not seen. Faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to your senses. In 1 John 5, the beloved of the Lord, the apostle John, who deemed himself the favorite of Jesus, said this is the confidence we have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know with absolute certainty that we already have the request we made of him. Amen. But oh no, we're thinking about someday. Well, you know what? Someday will never come. I mean, this is not a fairy tale, people. This is not Cinderella. Someday my prince could, would come. I wish I could sing. I like that song. You better be glad I couldn't because half of my message would be me blurting out in song. And we talked about triple crown, Isaiah 33, uh, uh, 10, excuse me, Isaiah 33, 10. Now will I arise, says the Lord. Now will I lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. Three nows. Arise, lift myself up, be exalted. Triple crown. Love it. Love it, love it. So today it is our now season, but we have to renew our mind to the power of now. And there is one thing I know that 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 I know, and that is that I am a marked woman. 
I am marked by blood. And if you do what I do, and that is, I mean, I'll, the Lord will give me a scripture. I'll read every translation. I'll look up the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic. I'd look up the Swahili, Joyce. I'd anything if, just to get to the root of it. I want to know everything. I want to ruminate the word because I am a cow. I am a cow. I like to ruminate the word. That's what meditate means. The word meditate means to muse and to mutter. It's like a cow chewing its cud where you just get every bit of nutrition. This is not a promise box. Oh, oh, gee, good. This is a good promise for today. Look at that. Now, this is Monopoly. I'm going to put it at the bottom of the stack until I get to it again. That's not the way it works, people. No, we have to meditate the word of God. Blessed is the man who does not sit in the council of the ungodly nor stand in the path of sinners or walk in the council of the ungodly, someone, or sit, stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. And that one, the one who meditates, shall be like a tree planted by streams of water that brings forth fruit in its season and his leaf will not wither and everything he does prospers. I don't want to wither. If somebody tells me, and I hear it often, I'm dry, I'm withering. Well, let me tell you something. If you have a low faith level, it's because you have a low word level. That's all there is to it. Low faith, low word. Refuel. And so today, I used to say that my favorite Bible person was the woman with the issue of blood. And she kind of still is. But really catching up with her for me is Bartimaeus. And so I want to look intently at Mark chapter 10 and verses 46 through 42. And we are going to ruminate these scriptures, okay? 46. No, this is Mark 10. 46 through 42, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. Wait a minute. You guys are confusing me. Mark 10, 46 through 52. Thank you. I was going backwards, wasn't I? All right. I got it now. I got it. I'm glad I have an attentive audience. All right. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus was leaving Jericho, with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, a son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now, what was he doing? He was begging. He was completely blind. There were no lens transplants or anything like that. Blind people, there was not goodwill. There were not industries that blind people could actually work and earn money. His only recourse, I want you to see this, was to beg. And in order to do this, and, and you all know this, he had to wear a legal garment. Now, one thing I've learned from Rick, and I've told you this story a couple of months ago, I brought to him somebody who was very, very afflicted and infirm. I mean, she was in bad shape, bad shape. And when he was praying, I mean, she was going on and on and on and on and on about her afflictions. Cindy was there, she'll tell you. And he stopped her. Now, if you know Rick, if you don't, you need to be in our services. But he's tall, and he has a formidable presence. 
He has deep, deep navy blue eyes and really thick eyebrows. Apparently, men don't lose their eyebrows when they get older like we do. <laughs> and so he's got really thick eyebrows, and his eyes are very deep set. And if you look into them, you see depth. And he stopped her in the middle of her emoting all of her afflictions, talking about the mountain instead of to the mountain. He stopped her right in the middle, and he pointed his finger, and he said, you have a legal right to be well. And that exploded in me, meditating on and thinking about our legal rights, searching for them in Scripture. We are a royal race. We are a kingdom of priests. We have legal rights. And the good news is that Jesus canceled the legal violations that were in force against us. And he took them out of the way and he nailed them to the cross. So the devil can't accuse me anymore. He can't hold that against me if I appropriate the blood of the lamb. Now, if I get into condemnation and I forget my legal Romans 8 right, there is therefore no condemnation, no judging guilty for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. I am free from the accuser, from the slanderer, from the law of accusation. So he said that and pow, man, I was like, that is my theme song now. I have a legal right to be well. I have a legal right to prosper. I have a legal right to peace. I have a legal right to all who Jehovah is, to his presence, to his shepherding, not the shepherding movement. That's toxic. That is lethal. But Jesus, my shepherd, who leads me beside still waters, who makes me to lie in green pastures, who restores my soul, who prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, who surrounds me with songs and shouts of deliverance, who is my Savior, mighty to save. I have a legal right to those things. He bought and paid for this through his blood. My sins cannot convict me anymore. I am cleansed of all unrighteousness. My heart is sprinkled clean from a guilty, evil conscience. My body is washed with pure water. I am a free woman. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I am emancipated from bondage. I refuse to be accused. And that's where you have to be. You have to say when you start feeling, oh, I'm not going to get the answer to my prayers. Oh, this is not going to happen. Say with your mouth, I refuse to be accused in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be accused. So here's Bartimaeus. Back to him. I am still in uh, verse 47 now, because he was sitting by the roadside. What was he doing? He was begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, obviously like the woman with the issue of blood, he knew all about him. How do I know that? Because the Bible says his fame spread abroad all the lands. He heard it was Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, here's this blind guy. He has no knowledge except he's heard about him and faith came just because he had heard about the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, just because he heard. But oh no, we don't do that. 
No, we have to dissect and divide and analyze and get into the paralysis of analysis with the promises of God. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I used to do that. And now I'm just, Lord, I just take you at your word. Just take you at your word. And so, excuse me. And so he heard it was Jesus. So when he heard it was Jesus, what did he begin to do? He did Hebrews 4.16, even though that wasn't written yet. He began to shout. He came boldly to the throne of the one who is grace. The Bible says the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized to Jesus Christ. He came boldly to the throne of grace. And he, he began to shout, and he used his voice, saying, Jesus, Jesus, Son of David, have pity and mercy on me. I love this. Now, Amplified Classic. Not someday. Now, Cindy, text that to Rick. It's another now scripture. Have mercy on me now. Now. I told you last week, I looked it up. The Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek word for now means it means now. It doesn't take a scholar. You don't have to have a PhD. It means now. Have pity and mercy on me now. And, oop. Here we go. Here's all the Pharisees. Now, remember, this guy is a misfit. God only knows how he looked and smelled. He was blind. God only knows. Did he even have anybody to help him? Or did he feel his way to the dirty, dusty? How many of you know there was no asphalt in those days? There was no concrete. It was dirty. That's why they washed feet. I mean, we make some ritual out of it as though that's going to just create some magic. That was a practical thing of servitude because their feet were dirty. If you came to my house in those days, I would have offered you a bowl to wash your feet. I'd still like to do that. If you want to know the truth, I think... I'm Japanese, you know what I mean? You know, in Japan, you take your shoes off. So he wasn't silent. He shouted now. And, oh, look what happened. Verse 48, and many severely censored and reproved him, telling him to keep still. But he kept on shouting out all the more. That's what people do now. Shut up. You know what? What's the use? I mean, we become like Job's wife. Just curse God and die. He didn't help you. He's not going to do it. Look what happened to those people. I don't know why that happens to those people. I don't. I don't have all the answers. I don't pretend to have all the answers. And you better not either. I mean, there's books why bad things happen to good people. I don't, I don't ever pretend to have all the answers. But this is the answer I do have. The word doesn't change and it's true. We change. We alter the truth. But the word never changes. Ever, ever, ever. It's always the same. 
So he kept shouting out all the more. And the more they told him to shut his mouth, the louder he got. I love it. I guarantee you that would be me. I would be telling you, you shut your mouth. And verse 49, and Jesus stopped and he said, call him. Can you imagine then all the people were, oh, yes, sir. Bartimaeus, like they're the saviors. Come, come right this way. We're going to help you. The master is calling you. And they called the blind man telling him, Take courage. Get up. He is calling you. Wow. And this is what absolutely rivets me. Now remember, Jesus is not an absentee savior. He is a very present help in trouble. In fact, in Hebrews, um, I think it's either 2.16 or 2.18. Uh, It's one or the other, but in the Amplified Classic, it says he is able to run to the cry to assist and relieve you. Can you just see it? Oh, Jesus, I'm in trouble. But he runs to my cry to assist and relieve me. He's not an absentee savior. He's not a partial savior. And this is my, I think this is my favorite verse in the whole entire Bible. Verse 50. And throwing off his outer garment... Now, we've talked about this. He had to have a legal beggar's garment. But now, he didn't need it anymore. He was still blind, couldn't see a thing, but he cast aside, that Greek word means to throw aside, his legal garment because he knew he had a legal right to be healed. This just excites me. I was rereading this the other day, and this is what Jesus said to me. He saw himself seeing before he could see. Next week when I talk to you about cleaning out your mind, I'm telling you if it doesn't change your life, something's not right, and the problem's not with me. But one of those steps is you've got to see it before you see it. And that's going to require you using your best imagination. And it's okay to do that. The Bible's full of it. So, this is what the Lord said to me very, 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 very clearly. I heard his voice. And he said to me, don't ever beg me again. Don't ever beg me again. Now, come on, mothers. Don't you dare tell me when it comes to your children that you've never gotten into begging. Have you ever begged, Pam? Delinda, have you ever begged? Tiff, beg. Nanette, you beg. Janice? We've all begged. Bartimaeus cast off his beggar's garment. What does that mean? A garment in scripture refers to your identity. We're going to be talking a lot about that in the coming weeks. Because as long as you are wearing a garment that labels you a leper, a beggar, a victim, whatever it is, that's the condition you will remain in. 
So we're going to talk about changing our identity. You know, it amazes me how um, now all of a sudden it's about identity theft. I'm going, come on, that happened in the garden. We think just because credit cards were invented in cyberspace that all of a sudden there's a problem with identity theft. Please! That's been happening for eons now. Eons. You know, it actually happened before uh, the earth was ever created. In the beginning was the heavens and the earth when Satan was thrown out of heaven because he would not receive the identity of an archangel that worshipped God. He wanted to exchange his identity and become God. So it started back then. And it's yours and my job to throw off those garments. So he throws off his garment. You can tell. I'm telling you, I would marry Bartimaeus. I love him so much. (laughs) And he leaped up and he came to Jesus. He leaped up. I mean, if I tell you right now, close your eyes as if you were blind and leap, you probably have a hard time doing that. Have you ever done one of those if you get in groups? I mean, we years and years and years ago, I mean, Cindy, I don't remember, but I, I know sometime, it was so many years ago, like 35 years ago, I was at some re- retreat that we did, and we had to, remember, we had to trust the person. Do you remember? This was a long time ago. You had to trust the person. They blindfold you. I hate that. I can't stand it. But you ever done that? They blindfold you and you have to trust them to lead you? I, I just abhor it. You know why? Because I don't trust you to lead me. <laughs> or the thing where somebody stands on a chair and, and you blindly fall back and you trust them to catch you. No, ma'am, I'm not doing that. <laughs> or remember those mosh pits? Yeah. What was it? Were those at rock concerts? What, stage Tiff? Diving. Oh, stage diving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did that too. That was ridiculous. I would never do that in a million years. But, but Bartimaeus wasn't throwing himself into the hands of, of people that were solely human. He was throwing himself into the presence of a Savior who saves. Not an indifferent God, not someone who ignores you, not someone who puts you on the back burner, but a very present help in trouble. All right, here we go. So he threw off the old identity, and he put on the new. And Jesus said to him, here we go, what do you want me to do for you? 2022, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, that's selfish, really? Well, guess what? If I'm all weak and infirm and fearful and worried and anxious, begging for my children's deliverance, begging for safety, begging for healing, begging for provision. Do you know that I cannot receive the power in that condition? And that's what the enemy wants to reduce every one of us to, a beggar, a victim, an insecure, unsafe worm. That's what Jacob thought about himself. I'm a worm. Jesus said to me, don't ever beg me. That is doubt in who I am. And I won't. I won't do it again by his grace. And so what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, well, if it be your will, and if it's not, Lord, I'll I'll just grovel and I'll go find that garment. 
I'll just put it back on again, Lord, if it be your will. But you don't have to because I'm not worthy. So, Lord, just think about it over a cup of coffee and, and just let me know. Let me know someday. No? No, he is bold. Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Did you know in the majority of healings that Jesus said, go? And I love that. Love, love, love it. You know why? Because that Greek word, go, means to lead on slowly. You know why? Because Jesus isn't going to push you. That would be the devil. He's not going to force you. That would be the devil. He won't even make you. He will lead you on slowly. That's what a shepherd does. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has sozoed you. The word is sozo. To be safe, rescued, delivered, healed, and preserved. To be made well. In this passage, I looked it up. Listen, when I tell you I spend hours researching, I am not kidding you. Well, I don't have that kind of time. Well, all right, then get what you you get what you get. My Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who does not need to be ashamed. Handling accurately the word of truth. So I want to make sure when I stand up here that I'm accurately giving you the word. And in this passage where Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And by the way, that word faith means to be persuaded. Your persuasion, what was he persuaded of? That he wasn't going to have to beg anymore, that his identity would change from a beggar and a blind man to somebody that enters the workforce prosperous. Don't you love that? See, the guy was willing to work. Oh, no, I'm going to stay home and not work because I have government aid. Well, guess what? Sit by the road. Just keep on begging, eat dirt. Oh, I'm sorry, that's political. <laughs> In this passage, the word sozo means to make well, to heal, restore, to help. So go your way. Your persuasion has made you well, healed you, and restored you to health. And this is my favorite part. And at once he received his sight and accompanied Jesus on the road. What is at once now? He heard, he refused to beg, he received his new identity, and he got what he wanted. Because he heard Jesus say, what do you want me to do for you? So to receive our now, we have to change and transform our mindset. And that takes practice. And so we're going to take up next week on getting rid of all the mind clutter. And so now I told you to have a testimony. And this is a beautiful, beautiful friend. Her name is Tiffany McCoy Stevens. Many of you know her. And she has had a real act of the Lord in her life because she heard his voice asking exactly what I'm talking about today. So Tiffany, how about you grab this mic? 
And Rachel's going to turn me off. Now, she's not used to speaking in front of a large crowd. You can come up here and, and uh, just listen to her, and then I'll come back. Hey, baby. Glad you're here. Thank you. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Um, So, like Sandy said, I'm not used to talking in front of bigger groups of people, but um, my name is Tiffany Stevens, and uh, Sandy asked me to come today and tell you a part of my story um, and how I met my soon-to-be husband. So, I have been waiting a long time, for those of you that know me. (laughs) I went through a divorce about 11 years ago, and I don't know if anybody in this room has been through that, but it's very painful, takes a lot of healing and working through the layers of pain to get, you know, to do it the right way from the inside out. And I had asked God to bring me the right people, you know, to help me through that. And he did. Um, And it's really sweet that I'm actually standing in this room telling you kind of my later story because it was in this very room that my healing journey began um, Tuesday mornings. I can't tell you how many times I came and sat in the back row with a hat on so nobody could see that I've been crying all morning. I would get here late, leave early, so I wouldn't have to talk to anybody. Um, so hopefully my story of from the back to the front and how, you know what God did will speak to somebody in here. Um, so let me ask you a question. How many of you are praying for a husband? Anybody in this room? A few people praying for a husband? Okay. <laughs> so... All right, so you get it. You know, as single women, we have our checklists, right? They're like this. And then through time, experience, maturity, those, the list, it changes a little bit. You know, things get shuffled around. Certain things go. Other things come in as far as what you're looking for. And then more time and more time goes on. And suddenly your checklist, it kind of gets dwindled away to like this one little thing. Okay, Lord, well... <sighs> As long as he's a Christian, that's really all I need, you know. (laughs) So I don't know if you can relate to that. But so, you know, I mean, that's, I started to think, that's where I was. I started to think, okay, that's it. There's nobody left for me. I mean, all the women's are gone. It's too late. 40 has come and gone. I'm not going to have kids. I always thought I'd be a mom, but that's it. You know, I just, I'm going to be alone forever, Lord. I guess that's what you want. I don't think that's what you want, but okay. You know, so, um. Because I let doubt and fear creep in, so did the enemy's lies, so did many years of counterfeits. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, um, he would remove them instantly when I would just stop and say this little prayer. Okay, Lord, as much as I like this guy, if he's not the one, I ask that you just remove him from my life. No questions asked. And I could literally write a book about those stories. We don't have time for that from like within five minutes sometimes the things that he would do, the people he would move out. I mean, I'm not even kidding. It was almost hilarious. So, um, so, you know, after many years of all that, and then last year, losing my dad suddenly to COVID, I, I, I kind of come to the end of my rope, you know, um, I had seen so many friends that had been remarried now on their third kid. And here I am still alone, lost my dad. I was in the kitchen on my knees and I have a skylight in my kitchen. It's like my portal to God. I don't know why I tend to go there. 
I'm the one that does most of the talking when I'm in that space, but I was on my knees and I was just angry. I was hot. I mean, I got that Irish blood. So, I mean, I was just, I, you have to get mad sometimes. And I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't understand why do you move them out so quickly, but yet like, what's the holdup on bringing just the right one in? Like, I don't understand. And, you know, he, he speaks to me the way I know I needed. Let's get to the point. Bullet points, quick answer. And he's like, I heard him. It was like this. Number one, are you done yet? Number two, what do you want? And so I was like, all right, you want to know? Let's go. We can play this game. I just, I was angry and I just, you know, I went off and I was like, you know what? Okay. I wanted to be a Christian, but not a fake one. I want him to talk to you like I do. I want him to have the same sense of humor as me. A good job would be nice. You know, good friends, family, for him to be handy, good with his hands, fix things, strong, able to pick me up. I want him to, I want to have a couple friends. Lord, I want kids. I want to be a mom, but I want to be pursued. I want him to come to me. Um, in fact, Lord, I want... <laughs> I want you to press on him so much that he knows he needs to talk to me. And I don't want to date him for two years. I want it to be a quick work. I want a family. <laughs> I want a family. I want a new last name. And you know what? I want a new house. I sell real estate. I get people into new homes every day for the last 15, 16 years. Like, I want a new home, you know? And I want a Christmas card with my family. And I want it this year. <laughs> this year. And <laughs> it got quiet, and then I hear, is that all? <laughs> and then he said, what else? Because I care about the details. And I was like, all right, fine. You know what? I want him to have nice hair. And <laughs> so I didn't write it down, but I got, sometimes you get, got to get mad enough, you know, for him to squeeze it all out of you. And so went about my life, wasn't even thinking about it. I had just launched a real estate business in the middle of a pandemic, so I had enough to keep me busy. I was just doing my thing and turned off all my dating apps, decided to let God, you know, give him the space actually this time to work. I realized I had never actually done that completely. So, you know, I'm just spent a lot of time in my car, driving laps around the city all the time, so I'm talking to God all day and I just heard him say, you know, instead of praying for your husband to selfishly come to you, because that's kind of like the begging, like Sandy was saying, it's sort of an adult way. I just suddenly felt like God told me to pray for him. Like God knows exactly who he is, where he is, what he's going through. So I just was like, all right. I just started praying for his heart, for his friends, for his health, for his job, for his, I mean, everything. I wanted him to be surrounded with the right people, to have the right, you know, just everything. And as I was doing that, I just felt like something ignited in me. Like I felt excited and I felt like connected to him. Like I knew he was real. I don't know. It's weird. So fast forward, going about my life, I was getting my hair done at this one place that I just like wasn't that happy about. And I had asked God, um, Lord, what are you going to do? I'm not really happy here. It's really expensive. Should I go somewhere else? Should I break up with her? How do I do this? Show me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Within five minutes, ding, I get a text message. And it's, she's, I hadn't, you know, hadn't seen her in like eight weeks because my next appointment was in three days. Hi, I'm going out of town and I don't know when I'll be back. So basically figure it out. I'm like, great. My hair is, I have a wedding this weekend. I'm getting my hair done in three days. So I call Kay Charles. I used to get my hair done there and I hadn't been there in years. And so, you know, 
like, hey, I haven't been here in a while, but can you guys get me in this week? And they were like, all we have is Wednesday at three. So I took it, went in there, you know, I got my laptop, lunch. I mean, you're in there for hours, right? So you got all the whole setup, you're sitting there doing my thing. And I was trying to open this protein bottle to get it open to eat my lunch. And I reached across to grab a comb out of the hairdresser's tray. And as I did that, I saw a guy sitting right next to me and we just, I could tell he was watching me and he had this huge grin on his face and he was like, did you get it? And I was like, no, I was like, I'm kind of shy. So I was just like a little bit embarrassed and like, no, I didn't get it, you know? And, but I saw his blue eyes and his smile is like, I could see his heart, like through his smile. It was just this exchange. It was just something I never, I don't know. It was just a second, but you know, working. And then I looked back up a little while later and he was gone. I thought, okay, well, you know, whatever. And about 30 minutes later, one of my, somebody I work with and we're friends, she texted and she was like, call me. So I call her. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting my hair done. She said, well, I know that. And I said, how do you, are you here? Like, how did you know I'm getting my hair done? And she said, well, one of my friends just called me and said, he just saw the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. And he like has to know her. And, and I was like, I knew exactly who she was talking about. And I was like, but how, like what? And she said, well, well, you were getting your hair done, him and his hairdresser were watching you the whole time and they were trying to figure out if there was a ring on your left hand because they were on that side. So they were like doing this. And when they finally, when he finally realized there was no ring, he was like, okay, I got to have her name. How do you spell it? Surely we have a mutual friend. So he looked me up and that's how, you know, the connection happened. Um, and so, I mean, literally we've been inseparable ever since. Um, I must say... <laughs> um, oh, and I must say, I did say the prayer that I didn't, you know, the prayer that like makes people disappear. I did say that and nothing. <laughs> I didn't want to, but I was like, Lord, I, please, not this one. I really like him. Um, but he didn't go anywhere. In fact, a few weeks ago, he surprised me by proposing at the very place we first saw each other at the at K. Charles. So we're engaged and that just happened. Um, you know, I've always heard if, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I've always heard if God is on it, it's easy. Um, I've always heard that. Unfortunately, nothing in my life has ever been just handed to me. So I'm just used to, like, I'm a doer. I get things done. Like, I just figure you got to have play some part, you know. Um, so surrendering, it was really hard. Um, but it was easy. And, you know, he was safe. And I've never really experienced that before. So um, it's just been a beautiful thing. And throughout, throughout the first few months of dating, I started to see, and still to this day, every day there's something else I see that's like a confirmation of like the little things I prayed for from, I mean, even, you know, he's, he was telling me his story and, you know, him going through the fire and he'd sit on his back porch and talk to God. And he's got this friend, Dave, that, you know, they would pray together every morning. And I'm just like, oh my God, like those are the things I was praying. I was praying for him probably when he was going through all that. And, um, you know, in fact, you know, him and his boys were building a new house when we met. I'm like, could this be the new home I was praying for? You know, um, so, I mean, there's just all the little details God does care about. And um, all these years I've known that if God is making me wait this long, like he must be worth it. And he is. Brian is hilarious, romantic. He's a wonderful father, has the biggest heart. He's creative, thoughtful, patient, loving, humble, real. He's a good listener. He's honest, open, vulnerable, loyal, fun. He's my best friend. 
He's a real man with a heart of gold, something I never thought I'd find. Not only did God bring me the man, he brought me my family. Brian has two of the most precious teenage boys who've also captured my heart and welcomed me in. I look forward to watching them mature and being a big part of their lives with Brian each step of the way. I now see why it took so long. I wasn't just praying for one heart. I was praying for three. And it's definitely, they're all, they're definitely worth the wait. So once again, God asked me, what do you want? <laughs> I told him. I just needed to get out of the way. And once I did, it was a quick work. And he did it. My soon-to-be husband, two boys, a chance to be a mom, a new home. In fact, they closed right before Christmas. And we took a picture in front of the tree. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like what I asked for. <laughs> um, and my new last name. And he has great hair. Of course. <laughs> Not only that, I met him in a hair salon, right? I mean, God has a sense of humor. That's like God, right? You know, he's like, okay, challenge accepted, you know. So he does care about the details. If, you know, if you are praying for a husband, I encourage you to pray for your husband and to tell God what you want because he does care about the details. And he writes the best love stories if we just let him. So that's my story. <laughs> Excellent. Let's, why don't you pray and just ask the Lord to bring the single women, the, the God man that they're praying for. Simple prayer. Can I pray? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lord, I thank you for every heart in this room. I thank you for every person, every story, every desire. Yes, you put those desires in their hearts, Lord. You have every intention of fulfilling them. I just speak to any doubt, mm -hmm. any cracks or crevices mm -hmm. where the enemy has mm -hmm. gotten in. Lord, and I ask that you seal it, replace it with the truth, seal it with the blood. I thank you for Amen. the surrender, just allowing them to open their hands and literally let go of trying mm -hmm. to control it and trust you mm -hmm. with their story because you are the author of their Amen. story. You know the beginning mm -hmm. and the end. Mm -hmm. You wrote the end. So I just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for every testimony in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excellent job. Well done. You just put it back down there. Well done. Very well done. Now, her story applies in every area, whether you're believing for a husband or not. What did she do? She obeyed Philippians 4. In the Amplified Classic, it says, to make your definite request known to God. See, that is the fourth dimension. Where you see beyond the third dimension into the realm of the spirit. How do you know if it's the Lord if you're not specific? He cares about your definite request. Now, with Bartimaeus, his actions were also part of his request. He threw off his beggar garment. He threw off his victimization, his self-pity, his inability to work and earn a living. And he asked Jesus specifically for the very thing that would redefine him. And I love that Tiffany got every single thing she asked for because she was specific, including great hair. Oh, God doesn't care about that. You know what? God cares about what you care about. Let me tell you how much he cares. How many of you have ever seen a sparrow? I had some outside my door the other day. How big are sparrows? Like this. Do you know that the word says that not even a sparrow falls from the sky, that he doesn't know it? That's a detail. Do you know the Bible says the very hairs of your head are numbered? And I talked to somebody very proficient in Bible uh, 
the Bible, languages of the Bible. And they said, that is actually not just saying, oh, Sandy, you have 370,000 hairs. It means you have hair number one, hair number two, hair number three. You know, so you know how it is at the end of the day and you wash your face and you brush your teeth and you look in the sink and what do you have? Hair. Well, Lord, I wonder what number that was. You see, he's a detailed God. There's that wonderful song, He's Still Working on Me. It take, took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the earth and the sun and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Be specific. Jesus is saying, what do you want me to do for you? Honestly, Tiffany, I think he was saying to you, stop being a brat. What do you want? Because you can either be pitiful or powerful, but you can't be both. You can either be a victim or a victor, but you can't be both. You can either be a beggar or bold, but you can't be both. That's just the way it goes. What do you want him to do for you? So how about when you leave here today and you get back to your home? You do what she did, get under the portal. For her, it was a skylight. It might be a tree. It might be your outdoor bench. It might be your prayer chair. I mean, doesn't everybody have a sacred place? I do. That's my sacred place. The Lord spoke to me two weeks ago, and this is what he said to me. It was very clear. I'm bringing you full circle. And I am seeing that everywhere. The other day, I was walking my dog, and my Winnie, she's a little over six pounds, but for some reason, I mean, she can see pit bulls, German shepherds, Rottweilers. Uh, what are those dogs that have their ears done, and they can be very... Dobermans. Dobermans, yes. We have a Doberman, and now I personally think this is mean, but a neighbor has a Doberman, and they have a shock collar on this dog, so they don't put a leash on the dog. But obviously, if the dog gets out of hand, then they shock. I'm sorry, I just, that's just not me. But I mean, she will bark and growl at the biggest dogs. And I'm like, this dog has an identity crisis in reverse. <laughs> so I'm walking my dog. And it was Sunday afternoon. And a neighbor who lives a few blocks away, I've had one conversation with this neighbor in my life. And it was about who to vote for because she was representing a candidate. That was it. That's all. Couldn't, couldn't barely remember the name. And uh, she was walking, I don't know if it was a boxer, something like that. It was a big dog. And so we both stopped feet away. And then my Winnie starts barking and growling at this dog that could eat her. And at first the dog just stared. And then you saw the teeth. And the growl. So I picked her up. And I thought, well, you can bite me, but you're not eating my dog. <laughs> and she jerks her dog back. And I walk across the street. Even though she had control, I'm, you know, I've been bitten by a dog before. I don't trust them. I mean, when they start showing teeth, no. And uh, all of a sudden, she says to me, I need prayer. And I was like, all right. <laughs> How do you know that I'm not an atheist? And then she brings up Tiffany. Tiffany's really been helping me. And I said, well, 
what do you need prayer for? And she told me. And so I have some, uh, actually three summit women tomorrow that I'm meeting with. And, uh, so, and I knew that. And I said, well, come over at this time in the afternoon when I'm done. So yesterday, I'm on the phone with somebody else that I was actually, I was actually trying to help someone by talking to this person with their permission. And uh, she said, well, I understand your meeting was so-and-so. And I went, what? <laughs> well, I saw her at the gym and she asked me if I knew you. And I'm just thinking full circle. God is bringing people full circle. Just like she just said, I started here and now I started in the back and now I was invited to the front. So look for it. Look for it. He's bringing people full circle. He's bringing you full circle. He's bringing your desires, your hopes, and your dreams full circle. Look for it. Expect it. What do you want me to do for you? Tell Jesus. Get into that sacred place when you're alone and be specific. Write it out. Say it out loud because the master is calling you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this is our season. You know exactly what I want you to do for me. I've already received it, and I thank you for it. Do it, Lord, so that your people will be fully equipped to serve you in strength and in vigor and in the joy of the Lord and in the victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.